Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Thursday, July the 23rd. Hopefully this finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. So, we are going to do a very quick podcast Q&A episode here, taken from the questions, well, all of you had asked. And the last 24 hours here via Instagram, Facebook, my email, and I think I got a couple from LinkedIn as well. So hopefully very helpful and informative because, hey, they're the questions that you asked us. But before I jump into today's episode, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. If you guys want to check out anything that Beam has going on, you can hit me up. I can shoot you a link for 20% off everything on the site always because that's the deal we worked out with those guys. And as of late, I've been taking a lot of the Beam Dream product, which actually have some of the sample packs here in my hand. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. They were kind enough to give me uh, some of the sample caps here. Now, again, obviously this is a crazy time in the world and uh you know people are stressed out we're thinking about stuff we're going a little bit crazy uh so i do find getting quality sleep makes all the difference because when i don't even if i just stay up late and i always get up early anyway but if i stay up later than normal and i just had less sleep i almost feel like i'm hungover like you have this brain fog and you kind of feel like garbage or if you're just stressed and you maybe you have uh, something going on the next day or you're just stressed because of life in general, you find yourself waking up like every hour, every couple hours. I do find I get a deeper sleep uh, with the CBD products. And again, this one specifically has the magnesium in it. This one also has the melatonin in it and obviously has the nano CBD in there. And again, it's 100% THC free. It will not make you high, but I do find I get a deep restorative sleep. So I don't find myself waking up in the middle of the night. So again, it's no THC. It's obviously lab tested. It's gluten-free, it's vegan, it's all the great stuff you guys like. So, I have about 10 total packs here. If you guys, again, are watching on YouTube, you can see these. I got about 10 total packs here. Now, these each pack comes with two capsules, um, and there's 20 milligrams of CBD per serving. So, if you want to try it, I can get you guys 20% off always everything on the site. But if you're on Jeremy, I want to give it a shot, but I'm super nervous. I can actually have Monica mail you. One of these CBD dream packets, you can take it, see how you sleep, and then you can make the call from there, and I can get you guys a discounted rate on everything that they do. But I'm a huge fan of CBD, obviously, um, and again, obviously melatonin as well. If you guys do any research, it's naturally occurring. So these are all things that are not addictive. They're things that are not going to make you build up this crazy tolerance or you're like chemically dependent on something for life. This is natural shit, and so I'm happy to hook you guys up. So again. Always 20% off on anything on the Beam site for their CBD products. And again, if you guys want to try the Dream product, we can shoot you at the caps. First 10 people who message me will get them. Everybody else, sorry. That's all I can do for now. So, anyways, on to today's podcast episode, answering your questions. So, I'm just going to go down the list here and uh, answer these the best that I can. Side note, I have not done any research on these, so whatever shows up in the box here is what's going to be read, unless I can scan it quickly and know it's inappropriate, and then I'll go on to the next one. So, the first question. Needing help with the treadmill and ideas, manual or something motorized? Well, this is from MN Golf Golfer Girl. Uh, 
we use the air runners here uh xbex or rx fitness is the ones that we have we have a lot of equipment from those guys i like them they're movable i think the whole unit weighs probably almost 300 pounds but because of how it's the, the leverage points of it and it does have handles on it and it has wheels you can actually pick it up and move it around rather easily you don't have to be uh, super strong so and that is a manual so meaning there is no motor uh, in the air runners we have here so if someone pops on it say oh Jeremy it's going too fast I'm like well it's just because you're moving your feet too fast uh, it is not going any speed because there is no motor there's nothing to plug into it all you have is a couple batteries for the monitor they are very heavy duty uh, meaning you can sprint on them you can beat the shit out of them and they're gonna stand the test of time at least ours have and so I would go with that option personally depending on how much space you guys have and what you have for a budget but uh, I do like the air runners a lot we can actually roll them here all around uh, the facility we can actually roll them outside so if you wanted to do something like that um, and you can move them next to other equipment and there's just a lot of things you can do with them and if you're looking to get better at running or sprinting I would go with those kind of like the the air runners or the uh, the woodways or the assault runners things like that they're all very comparable in my opinion and again there's nothing wrong with the motorized ones too but you obviously have to plug them in i think there's a lot more moving parts of things that are going to go wrong with it and uh i just like the the ones where you have to do the work to get it moving uh better than the other options next question any issues taking casein protein late at night assuming it's within your feeding window when intermittent fasting uh I don't take uh, casein protein at all. I don't really supplement with protein other than uh, when we do our fancy protein shakes. I use the J-Lab whey protein, uh, but it's not a casein blend. And again, for you guys listening, like the casein protein is like the slower uh, digesting protein, so it takes a longer time to kind of move through the system. Uh, the way I found out about it early on was like the bodybuilding days where you were just trying to get, you know, your body fed all the time so you would take like a casein later at night so it could feed you while you sleep uh if you're trying to gain weight or put on size just make sure the aminos are dripping all the time i have no need for that uh in my life at this point i never really liked it anyway i didn't digest it super well I, it wasn't easy for me on the gut but um if you're gonna take it i would take it obviously in between large gaps of meals or take it in the evening if you're trying to do that if you're trying to gain weight or put on size and making sure uh, you want stuff in your system, I guess that would be the time to take it. But no, there's no issue with it at all. I would say, obviously, eat real food if you can. Only supplement if you need to, but that's me. Next one. What is your opinion on kettlebell training? Love it. Uh, soul to body as this. Love kettlebells. We have a ton of them here, all the way from probably 15 pounds up to 106 pounds. I like them for swings. Uh, I like them for carries, I like them for rows, I like them for uh, basically every pattern. Uh, if you want to go Turkish get-ups, if you want to go snatches with them. Uh, we use them mostly for, I do a lot of swings with them, I do a lot of goblet squatting with them, a lot of farmer's walks with them, overhead walks with them, a lot of rows with them. Uh, I like the gorilla row variations. There's a lot of things I do like, and I do think the kettlebell swing is one of the best movements you can do in all of fitness, especially if you get yourself a heavy-ass kettlebell and you just get to work. It's one of the you know, singular tools that allows you to get a great workout in, which is not only, obviously, there's a strength component to it, but there's obviously an aerobic component as well. So yes, huge fan of kettlebells across the board. As long as you know how to use them properly, most people don't know how to kettlebell swing. Uh, 
most people don't know how to do a lot of stuff in fitness, honestly, if you want to be technical with it. But uh, the swings are, again, when people swing, they sometimes think it's like a squat to, you know, a front lateral lift or like a, excuse me, like a front uh, delt lift. And uh, it's not, it's not a front raise. It's not a squat. It's a hip hinge. It's all posterior chains. When you're swinging a kettlebell, it's hamstrings, it's your glutes, and it's your back. It's your entire backside. Your arms are just there to hold on for the ride, in essence. But your hamstrings, your ass, and your back is what's doing all the movements. And I, I just hope everybody knows that out there. They, they, again, there's a lot of things in fitness people see and then they try to mimic, but they've had no training with it. Now, I'm not saying you have to spend a trillion dollars uh, to, to train in every movement, but every single movement in fitness you see, um, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies to it, to bench pressing, to overhead pressing, to doing kettlebell swings, to hopping on a rower, to doing a split squat. There's so much that goes on in each one of those. Now, for the average person, as long as they're doing it you know, within a proper range of motion and the levers all look right and they have decent mobility, they're going to be okay. But you can get really specific with it. And obviously, as you get deeper into it and you get, you know, you're, you're starting with higher volume and you're starting with heavier loads, you got to start being technical in your training and maybe invest in somebody showing you how to swing or, or how to squat and how to do things properly so you can avoid injury but actually understand a movement. And that can't happen just by doing like three sets of 10 of something. That's why I've talked about walking lunges before. I've done walking lunges for an hour straight many times. I've done walking lunges for a mile without stopping, which oddly enough is just about an hour-ish, give or take. And you learn a lot about a yourself mentally and how crazy you are and maybe how stupid you are if you think when you listen to that little Jeremy, you sound like an idiot. But you really start to own a pattern. You really start to feel it, like what it's like, you know, on the heel strike, what it's like with the stride of it, like any imbalances you have in something. So that's why I say, you know, a lot of times we come in and you're training to take your fitness outside of the gym, but when you're doing the movement patterns, do the movement patterns and, and really feel them. And, and sometimes the workouts can be brainless and that's fine, but a lot of times you actually have to just pay attention to what it feels like when you squat. Watch yourself in the mirror, feel it, and you'll learn more about the movement as you go. Next one, do you eat dairy if not, how come and what time do you stop eating? I do eat dairy products, not a lot for sure. Actually, um, this weekend, or not this weekend, what day is it today? Thursday? Uh, we stayed at this place, which I'll have Heather talk about in the next podcast, and they actually gave us some real, like, legit uh, Greek yogurt, like the real stuff. And I probably had not had, I probably haven't eaten Greek yogurt in like three or four years. Nothing against it, I just don't buy it uh, on average when I go to the store, but it was good. For sure. The dairy I do probably more, more often than not is uh, cottage cheese maybe and uh, maybe a sprinkle of like a sharp cheddar cheese on some stuff. Other than that, I don't do a lot of dairy products. If I go to like, you know, get a burger, obviously I'm going to do a cheeseburger, throw bacon on it, all that stuff. But And if I eat pizza, obviously there's cheese on pizza. But uh, yeah, I don't eat a ton of dairy. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Just a lot of it again, my body doesn't agree with, it, it takes longer to process, it messes up my digestive system, slows things down, I guess, if you will. And uh, there's no time you have to stop eating it. Again, I don't think eating at 8 p.m. has any magic over eating at 8 a.m. unless you feel a certain way. That's why I always say audit how you feel when you eat. But um, yeah, it, it's if it if it works with your body and you feel good, do it. If it you, makes you feel like shit, 
maybe don't do it. Sometimes common sense is uh, not that common when we, we think about how we eat and, and what we drink. So that's why I always say, take a mental note of how you always feel and how you feel overall when you're doing something. And if it makes you feel better, keep doing it. If it makes you feel worse, don't do it as much. And the phrase I use a lot is everything you're putting in your body is either making you healthier or unhealthier. And only you can decide what percentage of which way you want to go with that, you know, falls. Next one. When you reach your goals, but start sliding back towards where you started, how to regain focus and momentum. You know, I guess the the most cliche answer I could give you is, uh, you know, you just have to have a why, like like why you're doing it and whatever the goals are. And that's why I say in fitness, it can't be vanity driven. Um, Most of you will never put the time in you have to, to maintain that level of aesthetic appearance, if you will, because it doesn't matter. Because at some point you probably get married and you probably, you know, have kids and you probably have some different interests and you probably won't need to look so sexy to attract the opposite sex. Not that you shouldn't look sexy for your husband or wife, but you already got them. So unless they're going to try to upgrade to a newer version or a better, you know, option, they're, they're stuck with you. So if they met you and you looked like Brad Pitt from Troy and, you know, three months later you look like John Candy, well, I guess that's, you know... You screwed him over pretty good. You catfished him, if you will. But uh, honestly, it really just depends on, on what you're talking about in terms of goals, right? And a lot of times goals change and things shift. And so it's like if it, if you're talking fitness, you know, you have to care about what you're doing. You have to, That's why I say you have to love the process of it. You have to enjoy some of it. Now, I don't love all the training I do here because some of it sucks. Like today I'm going to have to go in and, and crush myself and that's just kind of what's on the docket. And I'm motivated just enough to do it. But I also do this for a living. I also still take my clothes off for money. You know, tragic Mike, if you will. And uh, it's a huge part of my life. It's it's how we create revenue. It's a lot of the, the people that work with me, that's how they met me in the first place. Now, I might be able to parlay it into, now I, I write and podcast and I do all these other things. But the way a lot of you listening found out about me was because I was doing some you know, shirtless workout, sweating my ass off in, you know, BJ's little baby shorts. And if that's what brought you into the queue, I'm very thankful for that. Thank, you know, God, Source Energy, the universe, Unicorn Tears for allowing me uh, to speak to all you guys and have this platform. But I don't do it just for what I look like. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't need people to tell me, oh, Jeremy, you're so ripped or you're so fit. I don't care. I don't do it for that. I probably did when I was 23. And I thought it was super cool. And, and part of me sometimes wishes I could go back and be like, wow, I wish my brain still worked that way. And I wanted this external feedback. I wanted this external praise from complete strangers to tell me how fucking jacked I am or shredded I am or how good I look. But I don't care. I just don't. And even if you're listening to me and you care about it today, unless your brain never matures unless you never go through this maturation period as a human like they'll they'll come a time when you don't care about it either and that's why i say you have to do it for yourself and you have to do it because you love what you're doing you love training for whatever a triathlon you love training for hiking the grand canyon you love training for you know your photo shoot for whatever or your video series with insert company or whatever you're doing it for it has to matter to you but more than any of those things i mentioned you have to do it to be healthy. And you have to understand, if I train this way, if I eat this way, I can fight off disease when it comes my way. 
If I build a strong immune system, if I build a strong body, I can survive things. I can go places. I can walk my feet on this earth in places other people can't. We just were hiking uh, two days ago, and I'm literally walking where very few other humans can walk. Because 99.9% of people wouldn't be able to scale the rocks and the mountains that I'm scaling because they don't have the skill set. They haven't put in the work. And that's part of why I train because it allows me to be, and that's part of being healthy. Yeah, that's for performance, but that mentally puts me in a, in a good space where I'm seeing the world and doing things that, you know, other people can't. And I would never want to give that away unless I have to, like I have a critical injury or something happens. So for me, I don't really slide back a lot. And there'll be days where you lose focus. There might be a little bit of lag and momentum at times, but overall, you just have to give a shit. You have to have a why that cuts super deep. It's why I do what I do for a living. I work on momentum. I don't want to take you know two weeks off and punt and do everything because, A, the work, the work just piles up. I lose steam. I lose momentum and all the things that I've been building start to drastically slow down and that two weeks might put me back two years and that's at least how my brain thinks about it that's why I keep fucking pushing forward and I also like what I do and I feel like I have a gift to give back to other people so I'm never going to lose the focus in that I'm never going to lose the consistency and sometimes the momentum will slow but I'll never let it go to a complete stop so you have to understand why you're doing something what you're doing it for and who you're really doing it for and a lot of times people start to get fit because they want people to tell them they look great or they want to do something for someone else. And that's fine, but that can't be the, the number one reason of why you actually want to be healthy and look and move and feel a certain way. At least my opinion. Next one. Common injuries, pulled muscles, prevention, recovery. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys are the first to know. Like, I do mobility every single day. And if you want to... Avoid common injuries like non-contact injuries, like the ones you didn't get from getting tackled by a friend or getting in a car accident. Those are what we call non-contact injuries, the ones that just kind of happen because you were too tight or, or too bound up or you had some scar tissue and now you have referred pain and you have just some some things that are built up. So you have to do mobility daily, in my opinion. You have to be foam rolling. Get yourself a Theragun or a Tim Tam. Schedule, you know, regular massage if possible. Like get quality sleep, eat real food. Those are the things that help you recover the most. It's preventative medicine, if you will. That's why we call it corrective exercise. We're trying to correct things, and I almost would call it, you know, preventative exercise because it's preventing you from feeling like shit and from getting injured. Now, there's nothing you can do to be 100% foolproof, but it will help. I promise you guys, if you do 10 minutes of mobility every day and throw in some foam rolling like every other day, you'll have better workouts and you'll feel better and you will not be as sore as long as you're getting a good sleep and you're feeding your body real food. So there's a lot of common, you know, injuries, I guess, if you will, but a lot of times it's just people are, you know, they're, they're run down or they're undernourished, or, or who knows, I guess, what the most common ones would be. It just depends on the type of training you're doing and, and what the overall goal is. But I do believe you have to listen to your body. Um, your mind you can overcome, but your body will sometimes tell you, hey, dude, this is it. I mean, I've hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. And towards the end, my body was just being like, hey, dude, this we don't got much more to go. Um it was a mental struggle for sure. You know, I counted every hundred steps and then just kept recounting and recounting and recounting. And uh, 
mentally it's draining, but my body was starting to fail me because I couldn't eat enough food to sustain the pace of what I was trying to do. And you start to realize like, wow, my legs are, are barely moving here, even though I'm telling them to move. And that's uh, that's a tough spot to be in. So a lot of times you have to listen to your hamstrings. It's like, hey, man, we can't do squats today. Maybe you live to train another day. So just having a level of body awareness, I think, is crucial and key. And people think they just always have to be sweaty and always be breathing and always be super sore to get a good workout. And that's not the case. I would argue with anybody that if you're spending five hours a week actually training, but, you know, less than, you know, 50 minutes on mobility and tissue work and recovery, I think you're doing it wrong. Next set of questions. How do you deal with an insecure spouse who does not support your fitness journey? Super easy. Divorce them. I'm kidding. Uh, don't don't do that. Don't take my advice. I'm not uh, a marriage counselor by any means. But you know, I've done a podcast before on like how you get your spouse to work out, and the, the short version of that is you don't. And you know, if they're insecure and they don't support your journey, I think that's a different conversation you guys have to have of why. And uh, I'm not going to say go to marriage counseling. That's, you know, people choose to do what they think works best for them. If my wife was like that and she was insecure and she didn't support my fitness journey, obviously we would have a major problem because I'm sitting in the building with my name on it called Jeremy Scott Fitness, as is the t-shirt you can see I'm wearing. It says the same thing. So fitness is part of what I do. And uh, I guess it would start with why are they insecure? And why would you making yourself healthier, happier, and a better, more productive human bother them? That's where that conversation probably has to start. And I don't understand. I'm not built like that, so it's tough for me to even fathom how I would be mad if my wife wanted to be even fitter than she is. If my wife came to me and said, Jeremy, I want to be way more shredded than you today. I would be like, okay, that's going to be tough to do. Um, but by all means, if you're really passionate about it, I'm happy to help you do it. Or if she said, hey, I want to make 10 times the money you make. Like, why would I be insecure about that? Um, she could be my sugar mama all day long, bro. I'm happy to get any of that. I'll just be, you know, the trophy husband. I actually, you know what? I would be a good trophy husband, I think. I'd just sleep in, walk the dog, be super shredded. I think it would be great. So, Heather, if you're listening, uh, I'm all for that. But in all seriousness, um, it's just a conversation you have to sit down and you have to ask about the insecurities of why that is and, and why they would choose not to join you. Because at the end of the day, you know, what's the new version of cool? Being super fit is fucking cool. You know what's super cool? Being healthy. Having a, a strong immune system. Like being, you know, a, a badass person. Like that's, that's it. Like, like that's the, that's the best thing anybody can do. And there, there's no way, you know, you could talk me out of it uh, otherwise. I really just don't see why anybody would be against that. Like it just seems absolutely crazy to me that someone would be like, eh, I don't support you being a, a healthy, you know, happy, uh, amazing human being. So hopefully that helps. Next one. Uh, what you eat during a typical week. Uh, I've done a full podcast on what I eat daily. 
you guys can give that a listen. Um, I go over everything there in detail. And again, obviously, it kind of changes week to week depending on what I got going on, what my goals are, and those kind of things. But for the most part, I keep it relatively simple. I eat once or twice a day. Protein, produce, water. Just wash, rinse, and repeat. Nothing super, uh, nothing super crazy. Next one. Can you do a podcast specifically on eaters' remorse and overcoming failures? You know, um, I've touched on this before. I don't, uh, I don't have eaters' remorse. It's not, uh, not something I really do. I'm not saying I've never had it before. But uh, it definitely is not something I suffer from. If I make a choice, uh, I'm okay with it. I uh, I live with it. I kind of move on. So if I say, "Hey, I'm going to eat," you know, pizza and you know, cookies and cakes and all the the crazy things, like I kind of plan it out, and I know it's uh, it's going to be part of my day, and it's going to be part of you know what I do. And uh, if I do it, I just do it, and I move on. I'm not going to sit and dwell on something and uh, feel bad about myself because I had a piece of pizza or I had a couple of beers. Now, if you find yourself planning to be a certain way and then doing it, I understand the conundrum that you guys are in because you promised yourself you wouldn't do something and then all of a sudden you find yourself doing it. And that's part of the game too. You should have failures. You should have fuck-ups. You should have missteps. But then you ask yourself why. And you do some self-questioning and some self-auditing, and then you start to notice, okay, here's why I did it. It was an emotional trigger. It was a work trigger. It was my husband said this or was this, and I, and I thought it would make me feel better. And then the instant it did, but then in the long run, you felt worse about yourself because obviously you have this eater's remorse. Well, I knew I was going to do this, and I always do this, and I fuck up, and then you're super hard on yourself. And uh, I see it with a lot of people here. Um, I've seen it. A lot over the years, people planned to be perfect. And again, I've talked about this before. You don't have to be perfect, man. And you shouldn't strive to be perfect. That's a recipe for disaster. And we tend to be way too hard on ourselves. And like, oh, I messed up and I had a cookie. I'm like, who gives a shit? It's a cookie. I'm sure there was a time in your life where you used to eat a whole sleeve of cookies. Or you probably ate 40,000 cookies. I don't think one more makes a huge fucking difference. So you have to be realistic with what your goals are what the expectations are with your diet and and how much leeway you give yourself and what the timeline is for your goals. And the overcoming failures is just a learning process. That's it. I've fucked up a lot of stuff in my life, like professional, personal, you name it. There was a time when I I would lose control with food and eating. And there's still times where it's like I might plan to have something and then I eat more of it. And I'm like, okay, so be it. I'm like, but you live to eat another day. You live to eat another day. And there, every meal is another chance for you to get it right. And if you messed up at breakfast or lunch, you can always be awesome at dinner. You don't have to wait till the next day or wait till Monday to do it. And it's all right, man. It really is. But you have to, again, it's why, it's why we exist as a company. Like, because people don't do great without a goal, accountability, and a coach. And if you're trying to do it solo, maybe get a coach. Maybe have somebody check in on you once a week and see what you're eating and have you track macros and you know you're paying somebody for that guidance and for that accountability we all do it with something i have a financial advisor like do i think he's a genius i don't think he's a genius that he obviously knows more than i do but it's not rocket science like but it holds me accountable 
we set up money reoccurring every month to come out of an account to invest into a SEP and into mutual funds and to save for the future. And then we can check in and we can talk about it and see how much further away I am from my goals and what's going up and what's going down. It's, it's, it, again, you pay them a small fee for it. It's really no different than that. But if I didn't do that, I mean, I would probably still invest and save, but there is no what if now. I just mandatorily do it. It's the same thing if you have somebody reviewing what you're doing. So I guess the biggest thing is, one, if you really have struggled with it habitually over time, ask yourself why you keep messing up, what mistakes you keep making, audit yourself as you go through them, and then just understand like you're not going to be perfect. Everybody fucks up, man. Nobody eats perfect. Nobody does everything perfect all the time. That would be a terrible way to live your life. And a lot of times, you guys are your own worst enemy and your own harshest critic. And why? Why beat yourself up over it? And give yourself a little bit of leeway. And if you know you can't put yourself in certain situations, then don't put yourself in those things. Don't surround yourself with certain foods and certain drinks and create an ecosystem in an environment where you can be the most successful. That's what I've done. And it seemed to work for me. And just know when you do fail, it's just a chance to learn and to ask yourself why. And then try to be a little bit better the next time. It doesn't got to be perfect because if you fuck up again, it's okay. As long as you're learning something every time you do it and each, you know, I guess perpetual fuck up, just you get a little bit better. And that's all any of us can do every single day. Next one. Is it important to mix up your workouts? I find myself doing the same exercises each week. Uh, yeah, you can mix them up, but you should be doing the same exercises probably until you drop dead. Like, I squat all the time. I deadlift all the time. I overhead press all the time. I push, I pull all the time. I do pull-ups all the time, dips all the time, lunges all the time. They're, you know, again, different versions of that. You know, we can alter the speed, load, and the tempo. Uh, we can alter the volume. We can mess with time under tension. We can mess with, uh, you know, the the reps and the sets and the different schemes and the, the the ranges of motion. You know, from half reps to full reps to eccentric to concentric to rest pauses. Sure, but squats a squats a squat. A split squat's always going to be a split squat. No matter, I can chop and serve it probably 900 ways, but it's still a split squat. And so mix it up if it keeps it fun for you and you enjoy it. But you can't do different workouts every single day for the rest of your life and I think that's where a lot of people get confused and I've created a lot of programs and we're still creating some now we got some that our 47 day is actually we're adding some to that as we speak which will probably kick off in August and uh, so people will work out five days a week it used to be three now it'll be five days a week is the workout options for them but the loading uh, protocols in there are going to be they're going to be repeated uh, during the programs I mean they'll do a similar workout a couple of times and that's to actually make real progress that's how progression is made you're going to do a squat a squat a squat eventually you see if you get better at that squat and a lot of people especially novice people who message me and say Jeremy I want to do a different workout every single day for the whole year I'm like it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because you never know if you get better it'd be like playing a different sport every day I'm going to play basketball then ping pong then I want to play football. Then I want to play hockey. Then I want to play soccer. Then I want to play tennis. Then I want to play kickball. Then I'm going to play tetherball. You know, if you did that every single day and you only played basketball once every 45 days, here's a newsflash. You're going to be really shitty at basketball. But if you're doing split squats 
two times a week, three times a week, every week for 52 weeks, guess what? You're going to be pretty good at doing split squats. So you should be doing the same exercises each week, but there's so many different ways you can progress through those exercises, and that's the key is owning a skill. And that's why I say we've done fitness wrong in a lot of ways where we take a novice person and we give them 50 exercises and say go, and then our best athletes, we give them five exercises and say go. And it should be the other way around. The problem is it's hard to sell fitness that way because people don't think it's it's exciting or it's fun. And if they don't think it's fun, they're not going to keep doing it. And so hence the conundrum we're in as fitness professionals. But I do my best to make simple things difficult and hopefully sexy enough to keep people interested. And I think obviously looking at our social media numbers, I think we do that. But uh, a lot of times people are confused about what it really takes to to build uh, build a base and uh, make it better over time. Next one, have you ever used the TENS unit for recovery? I have. I believe we have one or two of them here in the office. They're cool. I don't use them a ton, admittedly, but uh, they do work for sure. Next one, protein shakes and BCAAs. That's all they wrote. Um, yep, they exist. Uh, yeah, sure, dude. Um, protein shakes, yeah. We make them on our Instagram, IGTV, and our YouTube all the time. I work with JLab and those guys. We can always give you guys a discount if you want to try their protein. It's stevia sweetened. It's natural. It's one of the only ones that doesn't hurt my stomach. I like working with those dudes. And for as much as I use protein powder, it is well worth uh, the investment to check it out. Next one on the list. Thoughts on seed oils. Sure. I think some of them are great. Uh, you know, again, I like a lot of oils for cooking. Coconut oil, um, olive oil. But yeah, I mean whether you guys are into like hemp seed oil or there's a million, I could go, I could do a whole podcast just in oils alone, but as long as they're the real ones uh, and you like how they taste and they fit your macros and it's made with, you know, real food ingredients, I think you guys are going to be all right. Next one, ways to stay consistent in a calorie deficit. Uh, eat food you like, I think is always going to be a key uh, for you guys for sure. Um, you just have to eat foods you don't hate. It's like fitness. You just have to do some of the exercises and some of the workouts you have to enjoy. Now, are you, and again, when they say in a deficit, they're talking about their goal is fat loss. I think a lot of times people think like, oh, if I eat healthy and I'm in a deficit, how am I going to stay consistent? Well, just eat foods you like. Like you can still eat the same shit you probably ate before. You just can't eat as much of it. And it has to fit the macros. If the goal is fat loss, you have to be in an energy deficit you can't have a surplus if you do like you just get bigger or you'll stay the same if you're in maintenance mode but eating foods you like helps you know seasoning things having somebody show you following the recipes that we put out if you will um and then just have a plan are you gonna eat you know two three four meals per day space them out accordingly space them out uh what fits your workout schedule what fits your lifestyle you know plan and prep if you're going to take a road trip or go somewhere else and have foods readily available that kind of fit into your goals and fit into the palate uh of what you like to eat that's it that's how every nutrition plan works when i say diet like that's how every diet works you have to enjoy the foods you like otherwise you're going to quit when it gets tough or when you get annoyed or stressed or something goes wrong you're not going to stick to it and that's people's problem with fitness they don't like the workouts over time and they get super bored and they're not willing to see things through and that's tough it's the same reason why people hate their jobs and they quit or they're just not passionate about it because they're just showing up 
to do a task every day just for money and they get no other fulfillment or enjoyment out of it. There is no progress for them. There is no sense of calling or sense of purpose or sense of, you know, I guess internal uh, fulfillment and income from doing their job. It's only for a check or now it's just numbers in, in an account. And for a lot of people, that's not motivating. It's the same thing if you're eating shit you don't like. Like you just don't get excited to do it. And it's just like if you came in and you dreaded every day of training, eventually you're going to stop training. So a lot of the answers to these questions are finding things you enjoy, finding things you like, finding things you're passionate about, and that you can tolerate consistently over time because that's what success takes, in my opinion, in anything. It's just consistently doing it over time. And the hardest part for a lot of people is because you're consistently doing things over time that don't yield huge results up front. And that's the tough part. You ate really well for 25 days and you didn't see these massive changes. And I'm like, and 25 days to you probably felt like 25 years because you didn't enjoy it. But 25 days is just a drop in a bucket of your life. It's not very long at all. That's us expecting the world with, you know, minimal work put in. And and I understand like 25 days is great. But if it took you 25 years... It's not going to be a race in those 25 days. So finding things you enjoy, finding some fulfillment out of it, and understanding why you're really doing it are the biggest reasons you're going to be successful because it's a consistency over time. I could have quit eating a certain way years ago. I could have quit training years ago. I could have quit on this business or this podcast, even if you will, years ago. And None of the stuff that has happened in my life would have happened. None of this would exist. I wouldn't have any options or opportunities that have come my way because I would have quit and I I didn't stay consistent. But part of me had a deeper why and part of me liked the work. And that's what I like is the game. Um, I'll look at the scoreboard, you know, at the end of it all. And uh, I can check the score along the way here or there. But that's not why I do it. You know, and you have to get to that place mentally in your mind if you want to be consistent with your fitness program, with your job, with your career, with your education, uh, with your marriage probably, with probably how you raise your kids, and for sure as hell with how you eat. It's a consistency over time, understanding that, yeah, the results are not going to come nearly as quick as you want, and they might not come for three years. But if you don't do the work in the first three months, then those three years of results never come. And that's the biggest thing. Heather and I were talking yesterday um, as we're driving back from Sedona and we're talking about, you know, like the log cabin stuff, like how I've watched, like all this log cabin living. And, uh, that would be a goal of mine sometime in the future. If, uh, if it could be done in a way that doesn't stress me out, meaning like if I bought a log cabin, uh, off the grid and I had a bunch of, I don't care about what the cabin's like. It can be a small, you know, it, it can't be a complete shithole. But it has to be small and nice, but I want a lot of space so I don't see my neighbors, I want people around me, I'm going to go full kind of Ron Swanson, right? And uh, Or full bobbly swagger, if you will. And we're talking about it, and I love her to death, and Heather sometimes just wants to talk about the end game, and I want to talk about the how. How do we get there? Not just like what the, what the log cabin is in some acres in the middle of nowhere where nobody can find me and I disappear, but how do we make that happen? What are we going to do to create the the money? How are we going to budget? How are we going to save? How are we going to work? What are we going to do to be able to 
to buy that because I'm not taking a loan. I'm not doing that shit. And so I want to know, okay, how much work do I have to put in? How many people do I have to help? What do we have to create in order to attain that? That's the process. That's playing the game. And I probably like that part of it even more than like the cabin in the middle of nowhere. And you have to look at your diet that same way if you want to you know, be successful. Do I like my day-to-day eating for the most part? And if the answer is no, then don't worry about looking a certain way because it's never going to happen. It's the same thing like, oh, your dream is this. Well, the way you be consistent is you fall in love with the process of it. I know I, I sound like a broken record when I say that, but it's the only way. It's the only way I've done anything because I'm not naturally good at anything. And I sucked at everything the first time I tried it. But consistently doing something over time allowed me to get there. That's how I approach my eating. That's how I approach my fitness. That's how I approach sports, my schoolwork, and obviously this business. It's all connected to each other. There's a lot of truth in sports. And the reason people get good at sports is, A, they do have natural athletic ability and talent, but they get obsessed with it. They love playing. They just love playing the game. And you have to think of the way you eat the same way. If you want to be successful, in my opinion. And the last one here, and I got two questions on the list, right? What's this one? I am the Delo asks how to grow a proper stash. Man, if you see I am the Delo right now on Instagram, he has a handlebar mustache that would make him, you know, a prime candidate for the movie Shot Caller. I mean, he looks like he could be in Sons of Anarchy right now. He had an epic beard for a long time, and now he has a stash for a couple days. And that thing is, you're talking like, you know, true detective Matthew McConaughey handlebar mustache type shit here. But man, uh, it's epic. How do you grow a stash? You take Athletic Greens. If you guys want 20 free travel packs, hit me up. I'm happy to hook you up with a discount. Um, <laughs> in the seriousness, you take your vitamins. Uh, it's, it is true, though. If you do take, uh, if you do eat real food, if you do exercise, if you do take a ton of vitamins, uh, your facial hair is going to grow. It's going to grow thicker and fuller than you ever thought it could grow before. And your wife or your husband will think you're just one hell of a man. You'll look, you know, hopefully Ron Swanson-like with that full thick hair under your upper lip just to, you know, majestically dazzle anybody who sees you walk by. Or they'll think you're a complete uh, pedophile creep and uh, across the street. So it goes one of two ways. People typically aren't in the middle with mustaches. Either they love them or they hate them. But there's no denying that people notice it uh, on a human being for sure. I can grow a pretty sick stash. If you can see me, I got a pretty thick bad boy going right now. I haven't shaved in about two weeks. A beard takes me about two months. It's a long time to fill in and fill all the patches and get all the hair to connect. But, uh, man, my mustache goes in pretty quick and pretty creepy real fast. Very Magnum PI-like. Last question. On one meal a day, how many calories are you at macros for proteins and fats? Um, Honestly, dude, I don't count anymore. Um, I haven't counted macros in a long time. I just don't need to anymore. Uh, I'm happy with, you know, where I'm at and what I'm doing and how I feel, which is the biggest thing. But uh, I have a round estimate, I guess, of of how much I know. Honestly, the days where I eat, uh, you know, just one meal, for me, I'm at a deficit for sure. 
And uh, I'm okay with that because obviously I'm going to have like a weekend day, like a Saturday or a Sunday, where I probably honestly have like a 5,000 calorie day because I probably crush like 5,000 cows in a meal, which is uh, ridiculous. But I, I still do do that. And uh, I feel good that way. So on the days I eat one meal, it's probably not super high. My protein's probably, you know, just north of 100 grams. The fat's probably honestly comparable to that too. And the carbs are probably going to be a lot lower because on those days I probably do like a steak, you know, cauliflower rice, Brussels sprouts, and uh, maybe something else. But it just really depends. And I would not recommend that for anybody else. I'm not telling you guys to eat one meal. I don't think that's probably the best route for you. But also... Um, I feel good that way and I feel okay and that's all I really go by now and if I start to look I guess like a bag of shit then I'll obviously adjust it but I think it's fine I just think a lot of the the recommendations out there um, they're blanket recommendations and that's why we coach people on the food stuff you know week by week in a process and we kind of you know I always ask our nutrition coaching clients how do you feel Um, how do you look how's this week going do you have energy do you know like those are the things that we have to do. That's why I say like auditing yourself makes the biggest difference. And sometimes I'll eat one one big meal and I feel fine. And then the next day I'm just, you know, maybe I'm tired um, or I'm run down because maybe the calories were too low. And then that's me, you know, just understanding where I have to be the next day. But uh, I always try to get in enough uh, quality proteins and enough quality fats. And I let the carbs kind of fall where they fall, which is usually, um, you know, at a deficit. And that's okay because, you know, as we all know, carbs are the most, you know, easily overeaten of all the uh, macros for sure. And I can always make those up with French fries or cinnamon rolls, or whatever I choose to do. So um, I know it really doesn't answer the question, but I don't really count anymore because I did it for years with pen and paper. Then I did it with my fitness pal for a long time. And now I'm just kind of, I'm kind of over it. And I kind of, I guess, intuitively eat based on how much energy I have and how I feel, what my workouts are like and what I have going on you know, the next couple of days. But the two things I always try to get in is one, enough quality proteins, enough healthy fats, and then any veggies I can throw in there. And then it's obviously why I supplement with athletic greens because I'm not going to eat, you know, four or five cups of greens per day and like four or five servings of fruits per day. Even though I love fruit, like it's just not going to fit, you know, I can't eat that much fruit and be as lean as I want to be and feel as good as I want to be. And it would just kind of give me this, you know, constant sugar rush if you will and then it would just lead me to eating more and more and more and I would have a hard time controlling myself because once I start eating you know pineapple all of a sudden I find myself eating you know two pounds of pineapple and that's going to be uh, an issue on a lot of fronts so I just do the one meal a day and I kind of let the chips fall where they may and I try to keep it real food if possible and that's it. And I think for a lot of people, if you just want to simplify your life, you know, protein, produce, water. So proteins, healthy fats, and vegetables, wash, rinse, repeat that with a ton of water and coffee, get quality sleep, and move your ass around, you're going to be okay. And in theory, that sounds super, super easy. But the practicality of that for a lot of people is really tough because there's a lot of good tasting food out there. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things that play into it that uh, that are hard to overcome at times. And Lord, do I know that. So... Hopefully that answered all the questions you guys had sent in. If I missed a bunch of them, I'm sorry. I went through the ones that were appropriate enough to answer on this podcast. But I am going to get Heather on probably Saturday with a uh, relationship podcast. And then we'll talk about our recent trip to uh, Sedona where we stayed. All the things we did there, which is super cool, fun, got outdoors. um, And then we'll plug uh, some of the people we worked with when we were there. 
Well, that's it. Other than that, it is July the 23rd. I'm just living in this dumpster fire of a year like everybody else, taking it literally one day at a time because that's all I really can do. Um, I don't know. Other than that, I think our governor is coming on today to talk about uh, who knows, whatever he talks about. And then we'll kind of assess it from there, what we're going to do and how we're going to move forward. There's a lot of uncertainty in my life, just like many of your lives as well. But I'm just trying to do the best I can with uh, with the podcast and with our social media outlets and creating our online programs, updating our, our older ones to make them a little bit spicier, and then obviously creating some new ones. So again, our 47-day will come out probably mid to late August, which is our flagship online program. And so we have, we have ramped that bad boy up, so it will be different and new for sure. All the great stuff that's always been, but we have added new loading workouts into there. We're updating the kitchen tour today, so I'm going to go home and film a new tour of our kitchen. Full breakdown of everything we have in our fridge, our freezer, and our cabinets, and what we typically do at our house. So that'll be later in August if you guys want to join us for that, which I'll promote like crazy. And then a reminder, if you guys want to try the Beam CBD, always 20% off everything on the site. And if you guys want to try the Dream CBD Nighttime Blend Capsules, where there's two caps that come up in here, um, it's the 20 milligrams of CBD per serving. Obviously, there's melatonin in there. There's magnesium. They even throw a little bit of organic uh, cacao powder up in that bad boy. I can send the first 10 people who message me a free pack of them to your front door and then you can try it and then make the call for yourself if you're really concerned about ordering them otherwise just hit me up i can send you the beam link save you the 20 percent give them a shot get some quality sleep especially if you have been stressing or if you've been turning to you know booze or drugs or alcohol or harder prescription medications to sleep i would urge you guys to get off those because it's just it's a band-aid and a gunshot wound man and that stuff really doesn't doesn't get better over time but only tends to get worse the older you get and the more stress you take on so if you can get a natural healthier way to sleep and taking something that is not highly addictive and you become dependent on i would always go with that and as far as i know and what i've experienced and the people i've talked to cbd does not do that again it's thc free you won't feel a drug test it won't get you high but i do find i get deep deep restorative quality sleep and it's helped me and hopefully it can help some of you guys as well again if you guys have noticed a lot of the stuff that we endorse here and people we work with is just things to make you feel better and hopefully help you live a healthier you know higher quality of life and that's that's all i really try to do man at the end of the day it's all we're really doing is just chasing feelings man we all just want to feel good and we all want to move good and be in in a good physical space and be in a good mental space and if we can do that with some natural, you know, products. I'm happy to do it. So any questions on that front, you guys hit me up. Again, like I said, we'll get Heather on the podcast, I believe, Saturday. We'll go a little deeper dive into relationships in our current season here. And again, if you guys are not subscribed on YouTube, make sure you head over there. It's just Jeremy Scott Fitness on YouTube. Type it in your Google search bar. It'll pop right up. And uh Tons of videos loading on there for you guys to help you melt your face off, recipes, podcasts, single exercises, full workouts, a couple other hidden gems, all for free. And if you got any other questions on anything, please shoot me a message, hit me up with an email. I'm happy to get to it. Just give me a little bit of time because we do have a lot of you to reply to, but I'm happy to do it if it helps you guys out. So as always, you guys stay safe, stay sweaty. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love, a people you enjoy, because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.